Anybody else feeling bad for Phil Mickelson? He tweeted out that he was coming into Palm Springs feeling a little rusty. Back in November, he took $9 million off of Tiger Woods. It's tough to be Phil Mickelson. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thank you for being here once again. Appreciate it very much, always do. Appreciate the comments rolling in. Um, that's the most. Those are the. That's the most comments we've ever got. So I appreciate it. Uh, I am reading through them. I have responded to some of you. I'll respond to everybody uh, by the end of day. I promise. So thank you for your comments. Uh, very interesting. Uh, some of the comments were about uh, what I thought about Phil Mickelson. So I thought that I would jump in here. First and foremost, Phil Mickelson is younger than I am. So he's just a kid from where I'm sitting, but. Uh, I enjoy watching Phil Mickelson play because he's been doing such a great job for such a long time. We've basically grown up together as far as that goes. So I always enjoy watching Phil. Being a data guy, I'm a little disappointed when they play at La Quinta Country Club over there. They don't have any of the stats lined up over there because it's not in the four-day rotation. They don't they don't set up shot link. And so we don't, we can't get any data out of that. We know that Phil shot a 60. That is his third 60. Nobody else has done that on the PGA tour. So he sits alone with three sixties and it's uh, as far as his history goes, that is his lowest score to par. So it's a par 72 over there, which is, and it's the easiest course in the rotation, but not by any stretch of the imagination, uh, an easy course. A cool course, though. Up against those mountains, it's really it's a cool setting for sure. So anyway, amazing, amazing golf. So what in the world happened, right? Phil tweets out that he's rusty. First off, I saw a little thing on the Golf Channel that they were thinking that he was, you know, gamesmanship and playing with everybody. I don't get the sense that that's necessarily true. I think that, um, well, let's, we haven't seen Phil in a while, right? The last time we saw Phil was back in November. He and Tiger played in the air quotes here, the match out in Las Vegas, where Phil had to take an extra, it took him to an extra makeshift hole to win the 9 million bucks. But one thing that I I thought was interesting that neither player in the match, for those who watched it, they weren't very sharp. Neither of them looked like they they had worked on their games very much, right? And they just showed up and played a match. They both shot 69, and it was just sort of ho-hum. It's always fun to see Tiger and Phil play. That golf course, Shadow Creek, holds kind of a weird place for me. When I was uh, down at school at UNLV, they built and launched Shadow Creek. It was owned by Steve Wynn of the Mirage at the time. And it was, you know, the end-all be-all. They, they, they claimed anyway. And I don't know if somebody can... Th- these are some of the stories that we heard down there in Las Vegas. But we were told that there at Shadow Creek, they moved more dirt to build Shadow Creek than they did to build Hoover Dam. Now, maybe they didn't have to move a lot of dirt to build Hoover Dam because it was just all ready mix truck after ready mix truck. I don't know. But anyway, that's the story. So that's where they played. It was a mature course the first day it opened because they flew in all, they helicoptered in all these mature trees. And anyway, this is what I'm thinking. 
Phil Mickelson shows up at Shadow Creek. It's on TV, and neither of them were that impressive. The course was set up. It was an easy setup for these two. And I don't know if that necessarily came off the way Phil... I don't know if Tiger cared one way or the other, but you kind of got the sense, at least I kind of got the sense that Phil was a little disappointed with how it all shook out. Now, nobody can be upset when they walk away with $9 million. And does that change things a little bit? I mean, Phil just played for $9 million. Phil has all the money in the world. He plays with no pressure. He has played very well in Palm Springs the last two or three years. It's kind of a home game for him. He's just down the road in San Diego. So this is kind of a place where you would expect after having such a disappointing performance in Vegas that maybe Phil took some time to work on his game a little bit. So he may have still felt like he was rusty, but I'm guessing between the time the camera shut off on November 24th in Vegas to where he teed it up yesterday on La Quinta, there'd been quite a bit of work done. And I think we actually saw a picture of him playing with the, with the guys over at, at Madison Club there in, in Palm Springs. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it, I, I think that Phil came in thinking that he wasn't going to play very well, maybe. But I'm guessing his pride wouldn't allow him to just sit around for the holidays I bet he went out and worked on his game because he was a little disappointed in his performance in Vegas. So that's kind of my feel on the whole thing. Great to have Phil playing. If you saw his interview, um, I think it was last night when they were talking, they asked him, you know, what do you think? And he said uh, that he's in a tough position (laughs) because it's hard to, uh, because it's hard to follow up a 60 with another good round. And literally, look, nobody fell (laughs) Nobody feels bad for you, Phil. You know, after shooting your third 60, yeah, on, you know, basically a home game. No no violin started playing. Nobody felt bad for you. And and he continues, right? He went out and shot in the 60s again today and sitting there at 16 under. And he's in good shape. I think, right, that's kind of the goal. You want to go out and lead the tournament wire to wire. That's always kind of a pride thing for them. And so far, Phil's doing just fine with that. It will be interesting to see how things go throughout the weekend. I guess it's a three-day rotation, right, with all the courses. Um, I love—I don't know how many of you have played out on these courses, but I used to go out with a group of guys and we would play in the summer, which is brutal. We teed off one day, it was 112 degrees, and there was literally a spot. We played the, uh, that day we played the Nicholas course, and there was a period of about five holes where I have absolutely no memory of them at all. I completely overheated and my brain shut off. I kept playing. So somehow or another, that kept going. And that, that's real subconscious golf. When you can't remember it at all, that was really playing subconsciously. On this Feel Good Friday, hopefully it'll be fun to watch Phil guess, continue to knock the rust off. I would definitely keep an eye on, when you're watching Phil swing, Keep an eye on what he's doing up at the top of his golf swing. There's something that's going on up there I haven't been able to figure out yet, but I'm going to keep looking at it and hopefully I can find something and we can sort of try to analyze it and figure it out on on Monday. Have a great weekend. Remember, better data, which we didn't have when Phil played at La Quinta, means better golf. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.